Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Charging into boldly where no man has gone before. We're on episode 152 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. If you're that counting. was a Star Trek reference, wasn't it? I'm a Star Trek nut, so just, you are a Star Trek nut. Yeah, yeah. You're a nut in general, but look then at this. Add on top I ha- of that, you're you, a Star nobody Trek. Nobody can nut. see it, but I have my Spock socks on. <laughs> Spock socks. Oh, anyway, you know, I remember. I remember, and and you're old like my grandpa was old. But I remember as a kid, my grandpa watching Star Trek all the time, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. So when did your obsession with Star Trek begin? When I was when Star Trek came out, I used to sneak around the corner. My (laughs) mom back in 1925 when Star Trek came out, the first episode you watched it. 67. Yes. (laughs) My mom would not let me watch it because it's too risque. So I would sneak around the corner and watch from the corner, which which she couldn't see me. Oh, check that out. So uh, I watched it originally, and anyway, and then it started doing reruns. And that and you watch the reruns like every night before you go. That's how you go to sleep at night, isn't it? By watching Star Trek reruns. Uh, I used to. I don't anymore. I'm watching something a lot more benign <laughs> what are you watching now all creatures great and small what is that it's just a show about british veterinarians that sounds terrible <laughs> it puts me to sleep bro it would put me to sleep too. I, listen about one minute i'm gone oh my god anyway. how did you find that that is such an old man thing know. to watch i don't know <laughs> I have no idea. I just wanted something boring. I wanted you, very you, monotone, very British whatever. veterinarians. Yeah. Why would they make a TV show about that? That, that makes no sense. Leave it to PBS. <laughs> PBS uh. is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not terrible. There's some okay things on yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever watch that with Downton Abbey or whatever? Oh, every one of them. Did you really? Every one of them, because I'm yes. We watched the first episode, and I, I told Stacey, I can't, I can't do yeah, this. Yeah, well, there I can't was a do certain this. scene that we quit. Well, we quit watching for about two years, and then, well, that was it. In the first episode, there was a scene. I'm yeah. like, Stacey, I can't, I cannot. That's what I, I told cannot. my wife, and so we have not. Um, uh, just watched it fast since. forward yeah, what we did and, the and next I know time is fast forward I hear it's a great show never people love it that. But yeah maybe we need to try it again but I'm like I, I just can't I can't anyway. and it was boring on top of that I mean it was yeah it's all this class warfare stuff yeah I just it's don't weird. care PBS anyway. veterinarians and what, they like they like British stuff I guess on PBS yeah that's which what I mean that's fine Stacy, you know she did a semester in London did you know that no, I didn't. Yeah, that's back neat. when she was in college. I want to go to London because that's, that's where my peeps are from. It was London, so uh, right outside of London. I thought your peeps were from Charleston. I well, thought you were I a mean, lifelong Charlestonian. Pre-1687. Your descendants trace back to London. Yes. Yeah. So. And you've never been. You need to go check it out. I know. I want to go. Like that'd be fun. Actually, the pastor of the church, First Baptist Church of Shropshire, has invited me to preach whenever I show oh, yeah? up. Yeah? So You know, you kind of look a little British. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you talk about how white you are. I'm very white as well. So. Yeah, you are. But you uh, are. anyway. You are. There, there you go. Lots of sunscreen. <laughs> I do. And uh, I've suffered for not using it. Well, anyway, we're on <laughs> episode we're 152 about. with Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as you listen, uh, just take a couple minutes, invite someone. And it's working. Uh, we're yeah. we're excited about all, all of you that listen and all of you getting the word out, whether it's uh, through Facebook, Twitter, text, or in your Life Connection group or small group or even at church. Just invite people to go and listen. I think they'll enjoy just putting those two things together, faith and life. And uh, I think that uh, it would 
impact them as they understand how the Bible works in our everyday life. Well, Pastor, speaking of that, this side of heaven, you know, I have to ask the question, will we ever be truly content? You know, with with every commercial we watch, and we watch a lot in our, I've seen the numbers of how many we watch in a, in a year. Um, you know, we're, we're being told that whatever is the next thing we have to buy. You know, we, we always want to be wanting the latest, greatest, or the next better, or the fastest and the quickest. You know, what we just got last year is is old hat and it's never enough that you're exactly right you're exactly right yeah so contentment's a big deal yes and 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 we need to talk about this idea of contentment because we are are living in a culture where we're constantly told it's never enough right whether it is the media or whatever you're Mm -hmm. you're always told you need the next greatest and latest um but but contentment isn't just a matter of possessions It's a matter of position in life, Amen. right? And your circumstances and whatever the case may be. And so I think this is going to be helpful for us just to think about, okay, in a culture that tells us that we must have more, mm-hmm. we must have better, we must have the latest, we must have the greatest, start stepping back and thinking about, okay, in the midst of that, how can I be content with the life that God has already given me? That's a big deal. And 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 as a Christian, we must learn to be content. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I agree. I mean, this is, this is scripture, right? Paul uh, talks about this, and we'll look at the va- verse in a minute. He talks about this in Philippians chapter 4, learning to be content in, in all things, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do today is just just talk about ways that we can grow in contentment. So, so contentment really is a biblical concept, a biblical principle that yeah. we are going to be able to put to our lives and say, okay, this is what, how God wants. I, I once heard a pastor talk about a holy discontent. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, yeah. God's called you to do something. Don't wander around and just do it, you know, and you will be content being the center of God's will. So yeah. uh, it's interesting to put this together. I think so. I think it's going to be helpful. Okay, well, let's talk about five ways to grow in contentment. And the first one is this, admit the struggle. Admit the struggle. Because here's reality. Whether you realize or not, we you probably struggle with with contentment. Mm-hmm. We all do. We all go through seasons where we struggle with contentment. I can think about times in my life where I struggle with contentment, and and again, it wasn't so much based on stuff. Mm-hmm. It was based on life situations. Now there have been times when I've struggled with contentment. You know, we right here by the church, we've got that that camping world place. Oh boy, I want a camper pops. I know that would be neat, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? I mean, I, I want as long as it has air conditioning, heat, and water. I, mean, I just have these grandiose shower. dreams. I have grandiose dreams about you know getting a, a fifth wheel or getting one of those big motor buses and just traveling the country, taking the boys to different places. I just have these, and it, it could be I've never done it before. I've uh, never even been camping in a camper. It could be terrible for all I know. But I have these grandiose dreams about just you know having this RV and and you know traveling the country. Yeah. It could be terrible. I have no idea. But every time I pass by Camping World and I see those, and you know, you know, our parking lot backs up. I know the Camping World, so we get to see them every we time do. we go and around. So this. sometimes I'll walk back that back part of the lot and just look over the fence and just <laughs> and just lust after those Why, campers. Yeah, wipe the drool off. Yeah, a I mean, bit. I just, I, I just, I, again, I don't. I might hate it. The, I might hate doing it. But this, I had this idealized dream of what it would be like to mm-hmm. travel the country with an RV with my family. Sounds good. And so, so, so when I pass by, there is that issue of man. I just wish I had that. Yeah. If I had that, my life would be whatever. Mm. That's that's a contentment issue, right? That if I have something, it would make me happier or more satisfied with life, what the case may be. So so contentment can be based on things that you have or don't have. Contentment can be based on life circumstances, yeah. right? So, I think that's a big one. Yes, yeah, so that is a big one because there have been seasons in my life where I was not content. Mm. And looking back, it, it was a, a sinful uh, lack of contentment, right? I think about when I, my first pastorate in the middle of nowhere, I was 
we've talked about this many times in that, that little church in, in Franklin, Louisiana, great people, great church, great community. But I was all alone and yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And like, I was not, I, I longed for the day that I was out of that place. You know, I just yeah. did. I mean, and nothing against that place or those people. I mean, they were wonderful. Yeah, you've said it was that. a wonderful experience. But I was just so lonely yeah. and, and just, you know, in an, in an element that was way out of my comfort zone and all these kinds of things. And, and so I, I did. I longed for the day that I was no longer there. That was a lack of contentment because mm. looking back, God had me in a good place. He had me in a good place around people who loved me and cared for me. He had me in a good place where I was growing and learning. And, and you know, oftentimes looking back, you see what you missed out on yeah. by not embracing the, the season of life that God had me in. You know, um, I, we've talked about the, the church experience I had where, you know, um, things didn't go as well as I wanted them to go. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of struggles and um, a lot of hard days in ministry. And, and, and in that season as well, there was a, a lack of contentment. Mm-hmm. Man, God, I, I wish you would deliver me from this place. I want to be somewhere easier <laughs> where the people like oh, me yeah. and aren't fussing at me about this or that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I had that season as well. And so in, in both of those seasons, I lacked some contentment. But looking back on both of those seasons, man, God was at work in just amazing ways, growing me and teaching mm-hmm. me and and molding me. And, you know, I, looking back now, I wish then I would have had the wisdom to see that in spite of my circumstances, God is doing a work. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the interesting thing is as we mature, we get more content where we are and where we we're do. placed. I, I agree with that. But when we are immature, we are always placed in places that causes us to get maturity so that one yeah. day we will be content. It's Absolutely. almost like a... Yeah, and I have uh, certainly had yeah. my seasons of immaturity. Yeah. That, yeah. that is for sure. So when you think about contentment, here's what contentment is. Contentment, it is simply satisfaction with life, no matter what I have or where I am. Mm. Right. It, it is. And so contentment really is, it is unrelated. It is unrelated to my possessions. Mm. It's unrelated to my circumstances that, that where, and, and Paul says this in Philippians chapter four. Yeah. I mean, he, he writes, he's imprisoned and, um, he doesn't know he's going to be out of prison. He doesn't know what the future holds. And he says, I have learned how to be content. That's right. Whether I have a lot, a little, whether I'm suffering or not, I have learned the secret to contentment. That's what he says. Okay. Right. And so that contentment, it really is a satisfaction with life, no matter what I have, no matter where I am, it's not related to circumstances. It's not related to um, possessions. And you and I know this too, because Paul says it. He says, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. This is uh, Philippians 4.11. So, so this idea of learning, which helps us to know contentment, it just doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it is something that as you like you said, Trey, as you grow as a follower of Jesus, as you mature in your faith, you learn to be content in life circumstances. Mm-hmm. Here I am now, a middle aged man. And, you know, I, I do drive by camping world and wish I had that <laughs> RV or, you know, I, I look at my my buddy down the street who has that, you know, shiny new fishing boat in his front yard. They take into the, you know, to the river this weekend. And, you know, and there's those moments where I, I want those things. But but honestly, as I've matured in my faith and my walk with the Lord, I, mean, I, I feel like I'm more content now than I've mm. ever been. And I hope that continues to be the case, that as I grow in Christ, I continue to learn to be content because it doesn't come natural. And there are those times in my life still where those things creep up. And, he, and here's here's the struggle, right? Here's the struggle. Here's, here's the reason why we struggle with contentment so much. Tell me. One is an attitude of entitlement. Ooh. Right? That hurts to hear, yeah. but I think you're right. Yeah. I deserve. Yeah. You know, I deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. I mean, I I tried hard. I've worked hard. You know, I've loved my family well. I've done this. I've done that. You know, I haven't, you know, 
stolen anything. I haven't murdered anybody. I mean, I haven't done any of those bad things. So right. therefore I deserve a good life. Mm-hmm. I deserve to have what I want. I deserve. And here's what happens because we think we deserve, right? We do whatever we can to get because after all I deserve it. I, I mean, I've worked so hard. I deserve that new car that cost me $65,000. Even if it puts me in a car note, that's a thousand dollars a month. and must be paying off for the next eight years. Mm-hmm. Right. Really and we'll go in tremendous debt to get stuff that, that we can't pay for because after all, we think we deserve it. It's that, that, that attitude of entitlement. I deserve it because of whatever. And we justify our pursuit of stuff that we don't need because after all, I deserve it. And, and they will let you, the banks and the car dealerships and all that, they will let you do it. And they will tell you you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. When you're so. sitting there with that, that car salesman, and I know there's some good ones out there, but you're, you're sitting there with that car salesman, <laughs> he's going to tell you, right? Yeah, you need to treat yourself. You do work hard. I mean, that's what this yeah. world does. This world yeah. tells you to be entitled. You do deserve it. You deserve that luxury, right? And, and, and the reality is, you and I know this, that, that no, you don't. No, we don't. Everything that God gives you is a gift of grace. You don't deserve anything. But here we are with this attitude of entitlement because of whatever I deserve. And so you have you have the struggle because we struggle with entitlement. Mm -hmm. And we also not only struggle with entitlement, we really do. And 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 it's just a close cousin uh, to to discontentment is is just jealousy. Ooh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I would agree. I, I look at my neighbor and I and and I see that bass boat sitting in his front yard and I'm thinking, and I dream about, you know, what it must be like to go down the river on, on Friday afternoon with the boys. And, and there's a little bit of jealousy. Well, I, right? I, I, I covet that and I, I get jealous. Why does he get that? And I don't, well, how did, what he do that I didn't do to, to get that? Yeah, I, I deserve at, it more than he does. Right. I, I'm a good guy. I look at somebody's yard. Yeah. You know, I'm an old guy. So I look at the grass and <laughs> get I go, off my grass. I said, man, that's gorgeous grass. Yeah. Why can't I have grass like that? Because you're not fertilizing it well enough. That's why. Well, no, that's not, I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know why I work hard on my grass, but anyway, but yeah, there, you know, there's it, that, that jealousy yeah. that, that creeps in if we're not careful. Yeah. And even with life circumstances, I mean, I remember being in um, Franklin, Louisiana, just just lonely and, and struggling through, and, and that season of discontentment, and 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 seeing right, seeing dear friends of mine uh, get married and start families, and here I am all alone. Yeah, and there's that and no there's, ho- feeling like there's like, no, no hope. hope. There's, yeah. there's gonna be nobody ever. Yeah. I won't be single the rest of my life, or where the case may be. And obviously, that was illogical and not true. And God ended up blessing me more than I deserve, way more than I deserve. Uh, but but there's that jealousy creeped in. Why can't I? have that family or why can't I? And so that jealousy, as you look around and you compare yourself to other people, what they have and what you don't have, what you wish you had, uh, what, what, you know, whatever that, that discontentment begins to set in. And, and here's what we always forget in those moments of jealousy. Um, we don't know the whole story. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. you don't that, that, that neighbor of mine that might have that bass, um, fishing boat sitting in his front yard, I might not know that he's going to be paying for that boat for the next 35 years. Mm-hmm. I might not know the amount of debt he's had to try to put forth a life that, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know all the details. I don't know the story. I don't know. And I certainly don't know if that thing that I want is really going to bring me contentment. It's probably not. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? But, but that's the struggle. And I think, you know, beginning to learn how to grow in contentment begins with just admitting the struggle that I'm probably a person that struggles with entitlement. And I'm probably a person that also struggles a little bit of jealousy. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably a person not only that struggles with jealousy, but, 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 but struggle struggles with coveting as well. I see it and I just want it. Mm. Right. Admit the struggle. 
So number two, we uh, not, number one, we admit the struggle. Number two, we acknowledge our ungratefulness. Yeah, because that goes right along with it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That 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 real close closely cousin. related to discontentment is an ungrateful heart. Mm-hmm. That I'm not thankful for what God has given me. And and here's what you know, whether you have a little or a lot, if you're a follower of Jesus, God has been good to you, right? That's right. He's given you so much more than you deserve. And I think about for those of us who who live in uh, the Charleston area, who live in this great city, who live in this great country, man, we're so blessed. God has been good. To, I, I, I imagine that everyone listening, I would think, um, has a roof over their head at night. You've got a house you get to sleep in. Yeah. You're not on the streets. I, I bet you that most people listening to this podcast episode today uh, have not missed any meals. At least not missed meals because they couldn't afford to eat. Yeah. Right? Right. You, you, you've got money in the bank. I know inflation is high right now. I, I know the grocery store. I know it's seven bucks for a dozen eggs right now instead of 35 cents. I get all that, right? I know inflation is crazy, but I bet you you ain't missing any meals right now. Mm-hmm. That you, you have food in your refrigerator. You have food in your pantry. You, you're all right. I bet you that most people listening today, um, you, you, you might be driving on your way to work in a car. Mm-hmm. You had the financial means. To, it might not be the car that you want. You might be driving, you know, a 1995 Ford F-150 that's got 400,000 miles on it. I get that. Mm. But you're driving a car to work, right? And so when you stop to think about what you do have, it might not be exactly what you want. You might not have that brand new F-150. You might not have whatever, but you're you're blessed. You have yeah, the I, means to live a good and productive life on this earth for the glory of God. He has given you the resources to have those things. Just be thankful for what you do have. I mean, that's hard for us because again, that entitlement and that jealousy, that, that, that covetousness, it, it creeps in, but just stepping back and thinking, okay, what has God blessed me with? Mm-hmm. When you start thinking about it, the old hymn, you remember the old hymn tray, count your many blessings, yeah, name yeah. them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. That's right. I mean, it really would be wise for us to step back and just do that every now and then. I heard an old, uh, when I say old, it's probably 20 years old. I don't know if this is still true, but it's probably close. And that is that if you have a bank account, you're richer than 95% yeah. of the world, people in the world. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, and a lot know, of us have multiple we, bank accounts, you, you know? know, 3% of the population, which is United States of America of the world. And yet we have something within it, 90% of the wealth or some yeah. huge yeah, number. It's, it's a huge number. So what I'm saying is that, and that's probably a little overstated, but my point is, is that we have so much, yeah. but it seems like the more we have, the less content we are. Yeah. And the more, and like we it said is, earlier, the more yeah. you have, the more you want. Yeah. So, and that, that's the that, struggle we have to deal with. And, and part of that struggle is just recognizing that, that I do struggle with mm-hmm. ungratefulness. And I think that is why, and I'm going to put a plug in for missions. You need to go overseas. So everybody here needs to go overseas and see how people live and see how they are Christians content yeah. with where they are, the circumstance they're in, and come to you and yeah. say, we're just so thankful for what God has done for us. Yeah. Yeah. And they have almost nothing. Yeah, international travel really does help you put in perspective, mm-hmm. that's for sure. I mean, Especially when you're running um, believers. That, yeah, now we, we want you to go on mission because you want to honor the Lord and, oh, yeah, of course. and, and do the work of God. But but there's something about international travel that does help you put life in perspective. I remember um, you know going to lots of crazy places. I remember um, probably one of the more recent trips I've been on um, before COVID was we went to Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, into a very poor area of Guatemala, way outside of that was that was a wild trip. That's another story for another day. Um, but there was a lot of poverty there, and just seeing again, like you said, the believers and man, they they loved life. They ate fried chicken and 
they were having a good old time, right? It, it was good to be yeah. around these people who didn't have much. Or and think about my experiences in Russia and and staying with people that didn't have indoor plumbing. Where you know, in the 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 dead of winter, they're going outside to use an outhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that's a different way of living. And and you're right. You you when you begin to see how other people in this world live mm-hmm. and and live well with thankful hearts for what they have. It really does bring conviction to you, recognizing that, yeah, in, in the culture that we live in, um, we could probably do a lot better when it comes to contentment. Mm-hmm. Amen. Number three, make sure that you have the right priorities. Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to, just mm-hmm. just kind of thinking about why we lack contentment. And it is because of uh, misplaced priorities, mm-hmm. right? If you are discontent with life, it's because you're aiming for something that's not the right thing, mm-hmm. right? That's right. I got to have more money so I can have more stuff or I got to have this so I can have this. And so your, your priority is to gain rather than your priority being just to live for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so, so we're talking about, you know, making sure you have the right priorities. A content person, I believe is someone who's saying their heart and mind on Jesus Christ and just simply saying, I want to live for him because what Christ has done for me, my life's focus is going to be on him. And that helps you to be content. It's like Paul says, I have learned in whatever season, to be content. Why? Because of who he was in Christ and what Christ had called him to. He had a mission. He had a purpose. He, he knew that mission. He knew that purpose. And, and because his heart was set on that mission and that purpose, whatever life threw at him, whatever, I'll take it. I'll go with it because, because I know that God is at work in me and through me. And so I'm, that, that was his priority, right? You remember what he said in Philippians chapter 1, to live as Christ, to die right. as gain. That, that's what he said. That was his life's goal, to live for Christ. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, uh, you know, Everything I've gained, mm-hmm. I've counted as loss. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've done it all. I've, I've gained all this stuff. I had the accolades. I had the career. I had this. I had that. But man, I just want to know Christ now. I count all that lost for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord, wow. the power of His resurrection. And so, just that idea of when your priorities are in the right place, that really does help you to become a content person. Because after all, you begin to understand, really, all I need is Jesus. You know, it's finances that give us options. Yeah. So when I hear someone say, I would like to do this for the Lord, but I can't give up, and they have something they can't give up. And, you know, it really, in America, we do have options, you know, and for people to say, I can't because, you know, we, 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 that's why we need to look back. What is our priority? Yeah. yeah, You know, what is our priority? Yeah. Is it, is it the kingdom of God? Is it the glory of God? Or is it, and I, I mean, these are questions I ask myself. Yeah. You know, am I willing to put aside this so that I can do what God wants me to do? Whatever that this is. So Yeah, yeah. So just thinking through that, right? Thinking about uh, for you honestly, yeah. what are your top priorities in life? And is your priority the kingdom of God? Because if your priority is the kingdom of God, then then you are gonna learn much more easily to be content with life. And actually that flows really well into number four because we need to reject fear. Yeah. Now here here's what happens, right? And I don't know if you ever think about this when it comes to contentment. Mm. Um but a lot of the reason why we're discontent is because we fear the future, right? Yeah. Think about, um, well, I've got to have this because if I don't have this, then I won't be secure, you know, 20 years from now. I got to have the, the brand new car because I need a dependable car a for dependable the next five car. years, right? I have to. But do you need a $100,000 dependable car? Right, exactly. <laughs> I have to have, you know, this job because yeah. it's going to pay me this much yeah. money because then I can put have my retirement so that when I get mm. 65, I can 
live the way I want until I, you know, until I die. And so there's this, there's this fear of the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what, so I better collect all that I can now. I better hoard my wealth, hoard my stuff, hoard whatever, so that when that day comes, mm. I'll have enough, right? Instead of just every day walk. And now I'm, we're not saying, uh, don't save money. We're not saying don't not invest saying in your foolish, 401k yeah. or whatever the case may be, but we are saying live wisely yeah. and, and wise living is I'm going to put away for my future for sure, but I'm not going to fear the future where it causes me to, um, you know, not live by faith now. And so, so oftentimes just understand that that lack of contentment, it really sometimes is a fear of the future. Uh, and so just learning how to reject fear and walking by faith on daily basis, Jesus taught us to pray, did he not? He did. Lord, give us this day our daily bread, Amen. Right? right? Trusting that God is going to provide for you in every season of life, and you can live with contentment in every season of life, knowing that God's going to take care of you in his time and in his way. And uh, fear is a big part of it. When, when you, you, you know, I'm getting that age. And so what happens is you start to think, oh, my heavens, I haven't put enough aside. And then immediately, you know, and it's always, and you're right, it's about the future. What what am I going to do when I'm 70 and I don't have whatever it is? Yeah. And we have to rely on God and say, God is sufficient. That's even right. In the midst, That's right. Even in the, and, and those of us that are my age have been through several economic downturns yeah. where a lot of our savings that we put in with the idea that we would have a good retirement has been eaten up. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that happens that you have to rely and that's the on thing, God. Right? No matter how much you plan and no matter how much you put away in the savings, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't know when the next economic crash is going to be around the corner. You don't know uh, what medical needs might come up. It's going to cause you to withdraw from that. You just don't know, right? So yes, save. Yes, be wise. uh, But don't fear the future in such a way that that you begin to hoard and you let that, you know, kind of just overtake your thinking and your way of life because you're fearing of what you might need down the road. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then number five, learn the secret. To contentment. Yeah, and I think this is where what Paul writes is so helpful because he does say in Philippians 4.11, I don't say this out of need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little. I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm. That's the secret. Yeah, It's Jesus. The Always secret has. to contentment is is Christ. And so what Paul says, I have learned the secret. It is my relationship with Jesus. And because I've learned the secret, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, when Paul writes those words, um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he wasn't getting ready to go play a football game. No, he wasn't. Right? He wasn't getting ready to take take the field in a baseball game. No. Um, he, this, this was not a passage of scripture that was aimed towards athletes who are trying to you know, score five touchdowns a game. That, that's not that's not the aim of this verse. What Paul is saying, he's saying, whatever situation I'm in, in those times where I was beaten for my faith, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In those times where I didn't have enough, right, to 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 have three meals a day, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In those times that God called me into that difficult place, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That time that God wanted me to go over here. That, that place I didn't want to go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever situation I'm in, wherever I'm at, whatever God gives me, whatever God chooses not to give me, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live the life that God has called me to live, whatever that life looks like, with contentment, with joy, with satisfaction, because of Christ who lives within me. That is the secret of contentment, knowing that you can do all things. Mm. You can live the life that God has called you to live because of Christ Jesus inside of you, and you can live that life with joy and contentment. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can live that life of contentment because of what Christ has done for you. He is the secret to contentment. And so keeping your eyes on him and knowing that the life he has for you, whatever that life looks like, whether it's a life of struggle, whether it's a life of of not having much, or whether it's a life of, an, of abundance, whatever life God has for you, you can live with contentment because mm-hmm. you know that ultimately at the end of the day, whatever God has for you, whether it's a little or a lot, it's better. It's That's better true. than anything this world is going to offer you. And Paul wrote those words, and we we were actually able to see the place where he was probably placed in Caesarea yeah, Maritima, yeah, yeah. but even if it was in Rome, it still wasn't a, a, a Sunday school picnic. I no, mean, he was, he was in a very difficult situation absolutely both not. times and said, I'm content. That's, That's exactly a big right. deal. That's exactly right. Well, Pastor, here we are. We we sit here, and I know you've you've kind of given us the secret. But let's say that somebody's really struggling right now. Yeah. They, they say, "I gotta have. I, yeah. I need this. I gotta I gotta move forward in my job. I got whatever thing." And they're just so discontent, and they yeah. never feel like they're moving forward. Uh, maybe a first step. What's a baby yeah. step they can take yeah. to kind of get towards that? Yeah. that uh, getting that contentment. I, fulfilled? I think the the always the best first step is just to step back and see what you do have. It's that count your blessings, count your blessings. See how God has been good to you. Because when you begin to see how God has been good to you, it's hard to complain about what you don't have. Amen. Right. And just walking through seasons of discontentment, you know, looking back at my own sinful immaturity, I wish I had stopped more to consider how God had blessed me. Amen. All right, Pastor. Well, I think this has been a great opportunity for us to just uh, encapsulate ourselves in contentment of God and and to move forward in our faith. Well, Absolutely. Pastor, let's get ready for next week and uh, close us out, please. All right. We hope today's episode has been helpful for you. And if it has been, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. <laughs>